Would you go to John, John chapter 20 this morning? We're going to begin at verse 1 and then go down to verse 19. John chapter 20, verse 1, and then we'll go to verse 19. As I speak, there is a hum of the wind blowing through the trees all around us. And I'm going to pray that God will cause this type of wind to blow over our nation. The wind of the Spirit to bring revival and renewal to the hearts of men. Will you join with me in that? That God will allow the wind of the Spirit to blow again in our land and in our churches. Praise God for His Word. John chapter 20. And verse 1, now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb while it was still dark and saw that the stone already was taken away from the tomb. So she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved and said to him, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter and the other disciple went forth, and they were going to the tomb. The two were running together, and the other disciple ran ahead faster than Peter and came to the tomb first. And stooping in and looking, he saw the linen wrapping laying, but he, was not, but he did not go in. And so Simon Peter also came following him and entered the tomb, and he saw the li linen wrapping lying there. And the face cloth which had been on his head. And not lying with the linen wrappings but rolled up in a place by itself. So the other disciple who had first come to the tomb. Then also entered and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture. That he must rise again from the dead. So the disciples went away again to their homes. Now verse 19 so when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And then he said to this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you this morning for the eternal word of God, which has no end. We thank you for the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, by which we have come in faith and received remission of our sins we thank you today for the word of God, which is able to encourage and stimulate our faith as we go through every season of life. I ask you to minister to us by the power of your word, and we ask this in Jesus' name, and the church said, Amen. This morning I want to speak to you from this chapter of scripture, because it very closely relates to the type of situation in which we find ourselves today. Today the world finds itself in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. A pandemic which has touched the nations of the world. 
and a situation which has touched every American life and the church as well. We have discovered that we are a part of a worldwide event. The last time that the world was in a similar event, when everything came to a standstill, was during the days of Noah. This, of course, draws our attention to the things that are to happen in the end. And no doubt brings many questions to the human heart. For those of us who know the word of God, who have trust in God, these questions don't scare us. They encourage us to look up. These days encourage us because we see that God is going to do what he has said and that there is a hope for the world. Those who live without hope, those who do not know the word of God, perhaps this morning have so many questions and are wondering what will become of us, what will become of our world. It seems today that there are more questions than answers in the hearts of many people. And that is the situation that the disciples found themselves in on the morning of the Lord's resurrection. Jesus Christ had come and lived among them for three years. As a 30-year-old man, he began his ministry, and he began to proclaim and to preach with power. He began to do miracles with signs and wonders. He was a leader that people followed by the great multitudes. Thousands would come to hear him preach. And as this uh, ministry of Jesus began to develop, people began to follow him. Many of their eyes began to be open to the fact that he was the Messiah, that he was the one that was foretold by the ancient prophets, that he was the fulfillment of the word of God throughout the entirety of the Old Testament. They began to follow him because they sensed that he was the Son of God. On one occasion, Jesus asked the disciples, he said, who do you say that I am? And Peter st spoke up and he said, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus said to him, Peter, blessed are you because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And Jesus bore witness that Peter had a divine revelation of the fact that he was indeed the Son of the living God and he was indeed the Messiah. I wonder this morning how many of you have had that same witness in your heart. How many of you know in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God and that he is the one promised by the Bible to redeem the world from sin? If Jesus is your Lord, if Jesus is the one that you know to be the Savior, would you shout amen and would you give him praise? People began to follow him. And for three years, they saw the ministry of Jesus develop before their very eyes. He healed blind eyes. He opened deaf ears. He even caused the dead to live again. But then on one particular Passover, a week that would change history and impact their lives forever, something took place. This Messiah who entered the city of Jerusalem on Sunday with triumph and with glory as they waved palm branches and, and they put carpets out on the road saying, this is the Christ. Suddenly, this man, this Messiah, was crucified and dead. Los que habían recibido a Cristo como su Mesías, 
y lo habían adorado diciendo Osana bendito el que viene en el nombre del Señor de repente su vida es trastornada por un evento y este Mesías es crucificado y ahora está muerto their hopes were dashed sus esperanzas habían sido destruidas their confidence in his future and in their future came to a sudden halt su confianza en su futuro llegó a una, una, a una parar de un auto indefinido. Llegaron a un momento de crisis. They came to a time of crisis. What was it that they had hoped for and dreamed in? Lo que ellos habían esperado y lo que ellos habían soñado había terminado rápidamente. A few weeks ago the world changed entirely and in many ways the world has changed forever. Hace unas semanas nuestro mundo cambió drásticamente y ha cambiado quizá en muchas formas para siempre. Our, our sense of security, our sense of being safe was brought into great question. Nuestro sentido de seguridad y de, de estar siempre en prosperidad se detuvo indefinidamente. And today it seems that we have more questions than answers. Hoy parece ser que tenemos más preguntas que a que tenemos las respuestas. When is this going to end? When do we get to go back to work? When do we get to go back to church? When do we get to go back to our, our relatives' homes? ¿Cuándo va a terminar esto? ¿Cuándo va a, a, vamos a poder regresar al trabajo o regresar a la iglesia? Y estas preguntas eran las cuales preguntaban los discípulos. ¿Qué pasó? ¿Dónde está nuestro Mesías? What happened? Where is our Messiah? These questions swirled in their minds. It clouded their hearts. The Bible tells us in verse 19. That on Sunday morning they were in the house. And the door was locked. Nos dice la escritura que el domingo por la mañana la puerta estaba cerrada y ellos estaban adentro de la casa. The disciples were in a self-imposed quarantine. Estaban en una cuarentena, cuarentena uh, propia. Ellos habían escondido porque no sabían lo que iba a venir. They didn't know what was to come. And in fact, when you read the Greek Uh, origin of the text there it, it uses the word for the, the shutting of the door that implies that their hearts were shut because heaven was shut implica ahí en el griego una, una palabra que significa que la puerta estaba cerrada que en el griego significa que su corazón estaba cerrado porque los cielos estaban cerrados in other words they felt like they had been disappointed And because of their disappointments, their heart had begun to close. Por, sus, por su desánimo, por el, la, la decepción que ellos habían pasado, la desilusión que ellos habían experimentado, su corazón se comenzó a cerrar. Friends, when we go through hard times, there is a tendency in the human heart to shut down, to close up. Cuando pasamos por tiempos difíciles, hay una tendencia en el corazón del hombre, cerrarse. You lose a loved one. You lose a spouse. And there is a tendency for your heart to harden toward God. 
Cuando uno pierde una, un ser querido o pierde a un esposo, una esposa parece ser que el corazón se quiere cerrar hacia Dios. Maybe you've lost a son or a daughter. And you, or maybe you've prayed for a long time for something to happen. And instead of that thing changing, it's gotten worse. And your heart has begun to close toward God. Quizá usted ha pasado por una prueba en la cual usted ha orado y dicho, Señor, rescátame, Señor, sálvame. Pero entre más ha orado, más difícil se ha puesto la situación. Y el corazón comienza a cerrarse hacia Dios. Friend, today I want to encourage you. Don't close your heart to God. Open your heart to God. Let His love fill your light. Deja esta mañana que su corazón sea abierto hacia Dios. No cierre su corazón a Dios, sino abra su corazón al Dios que lo ama. El Dios que tiene un plan para su vida. The God who loves you and has a plan for your life. When we go through hard times and the heart begins to close, Toward God, many become angry at God. Algunos se enojan con Dios. Algunos rechazan la palabra. Some reject the word of God. But you and I this morning can have this confidence that our God has a plan for us. Our God loves us. And that he will sustain us through every season of life. Nuestro Dios nos sostendrá a través de cada época de la vida. And the grief that comes with disappointment was in their hearts. El desánimo que viene por la disilusión había llenado su corazón. And the Bible tells us something else about them. It says they were afraid. Nos dice la Escritura que ellos estaban en temor. Había entrado el desánimo y también el temor. Uh, the fear had come in, but also... Uh, but discouragement had come in, but so also had come fear. And fear is a powerful emotion. El temor es una poderosa emoción. Algo que puede destruir el corazón del hombre. Something that can destroy the heart of man. It can destroy your health. El temor puede destruir tu salud personal. There are some people who are constantly worrying. Hay algunos que viven siempre en la preocupación. And that worry is stimulated by fear. Esa preocupación es motivada por el temor. Y el temor es, uh, es lo opuesto a la fe. Fear is the opposite of faith. Some people think that the opposite of fear is courage and that the opposite of faith is uh, unbelief. But the reality is that there is either faith or fear. And fear always opposes your faith. El temor siempre se opone a tu fe. The most often used words in the, in the Gospels concerning Christ when he approached a situation were the words fear not. Why? Because fear cannot accomplish the will of God. Las palabras seguidas de Cristo en los evangelios eran estos. No temas. ¿Por qué? Porque el temor no puede cumplir la voluntad de Dios. God has a word for us this morning. And that word is, fear not. Fear not, Kingsway Church. Fear not, America. Fear not, because I am with you. Esta mañana el Señor nos habla y dice, no temas. No temas, Iglesia Kingsway. No temas, Estados Unidos, porque yo 
estoy contigo. There are many fears today. The fear of being alone. The fear of losing a job or a house or a car. The fear of losing your health. The fear of losing your life. Están muchos temores hoy. El temor de estar solo. El temor de estar abandonado. El temor de perder. De perder la casa. De perder el carro. De perder el trabajo. De perder la salud. O de perder la vida. The fear that afflicts the nation today. And that afflicts the world. Is born in the very heart of hell. Este temor el cual aflige nuestro mundo. Es nacido en el, en el corazón del infierno. It is a strategy of hell against your faith. Una estrategia contra tu fe. Now while we protect ourselves, while we concede the need to, uh, to wear gloves and masks and to stay six feet apart and uh, operate by all the guidelines that have been given to us, we must never do so in fear. We must never operate in the spirit of fear because God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, while we are wise in the decisions that we make, we must not allow fear to enter our heart, not now and not in any season. Why? Because fear pushes out our faith. And what you need most today what you and I need most now is faith, faith in God, faith in God's purpose, faith in God's word. Faith is able to save. And you this morning, if you'll call out to God in faith, can have deliverance from fear and from worry and from anxiety. That morning, the Bible says they were afraid. Now, here's the next thing we read. The Bible said that Jesus came and stood in their midst. Now, I want to reflect on that phrase for just a minute. Jesus came and stood in their midst. Dice la escritura que Jesús vino y se paró entre ellos. Now, there are three implications from that phrase I want you to look at with me. Hay tres implicaciones de esa frase que yo quiero que usted mire conmigo. First of all, I want you to understand that the phrase that Jesus came and stood in their midst implies that there is no place where Jesus cannot go. Say amen, somebody. Esto implica que no hay lugar donde Cristo no puede ir. Listen, friends. Listen, America. There is no place that Jesus cannot go. No hay lugar donde Cristo no pueda entrar. There is no heart that he cannot enter. There is no locked room that he cannot open. There is no bondage and no prison that he cannot release you from. No hay corazón que él no pueda entrar y sanar. No hay cárcel que no te pueda sacar. No hay ninguna atadura que él no te pueda liberar. Come on, somebody. He is the one that came into the darkness of your life and brought life and hope. Él es el que entró a la oscuridad de tu vida y te trajo paz y esperanza. This Jesus, whom I'm preaching to you this morning, is able to enter the darkest rooms of life and to bring hope to that place. 
Today, he wants to come into your car and sit with you. He wants to come into your living room and sit with you. He wants to come into that hospital room and sit with you. He is the God who is present in every room and in every place. The next implication is this, that Jesus wants to be in your midst. La segunda implicación es esa, que Él quiere, quiere, él quiere venir a estar en tus medios. He came and he stood among them. In the middle of their fear, in the middle of their anxiety, in the middle of their worry, in the middle of their questions, in the middle of their disappointment, there is Jesus. En medio de su ansiedad, su temor, sus preguntas, su disilusión, su desánimo, allí está Cristo. And can I tell you today that Jesus is in your midst, Kingsway Church. Cristo está en nuestros medios, Iglesia Kingsway. Él está con nosotros. He is in our midst. He is among us. Él está con nosotros. The tendency of these times will be to feel alone. But don't be alone. Don't feel alone because Christ is with you. No se sienta solo. ¿Por qué? Porque Cristo está contigo. Jesus is with you. When the gathering storm threatens your security, Jesus is with you. When the sickness and disease spoken by doctors has no cure, Jesus is with you. When death itself has come to afflict your body, this Jesus who wants to, who is able to enter every room, wants to enter your room, and he wants to enter your heart because he loves you. Do you realize this morning that every person here has by this pandemic been affected in such a way that many of us long to see the other? I think about how much I miss seeing all of you. And do you know that I enjoy very much at least getting to see you as you drive by or drive out of the parking lot on Sunday morning. The Bible tells us that this unity of the brethren is important. But right now, the separation is what is recommended. And that longing to be together is affecting many people in many ways. It's affecting the psychology of the nation. It's affecting many people and how they think and how they relate to this situation. I want to tell you, friend, Jesus wants to be with you the same way. The same way that you want to see your friends and loved ones. Jesus wants that, that same desires in his heart toward you. If you don't know him as your Lord, if you don't know him as your Savior, invite him in today. Invite him into your heart. Invite him into your life. Make him the permanent fixture of your life. Make him Lord of your life. Cristo tiene el deseo de estar contigo esta mañana, estar en tu corazón, en tu vida. Y si tú no lo conoces como Salvador, abre tu corazón a él, invítalo a él a entrar, y él entrará y hará su hogar en tu, en tu corazón. If you'll open your door to Christ, if you'll open your heart to Christ, he'll come in and he'll make his home in your life. He wants to be with you. Because he loves you. Because he loves you more than anyone could love you and more than you could love yourself. Él quiere estar en tu, en tu vida porque él te ama. Te ama más que ninguna persona te pudiera amar. Y te ama más que aún 
tú mismo te puedes amar. We sang about it this morning. God so loved the world. How great, how passionate was the love of God. He gave us his one and only son. So that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. De tal manera amó Dios al mundo que él ha dado a su Hijo unigénito para que todo aquel que en él crea no se pierda, mas tenga la vida eterna. The love of God is so deep you'll never find the bottom. It's so wide you'll never find the ends. It's so high you'll never reach the top. El amor de Dios es tan profundo que jamás hallarás la profundidad. Y más, más ancho que nunca hallarás la anche, uh, lo, lo ancho de ello. Y jamás encontrarás la orilla de su amor tan alto que nunca. Y jamás podrás encontrar la altura de este amor. The love of God is greater and deeper than any ocean. More vast than the blue sky above my head this morning. It's God's love for you and God's love for your soul. And if you don't know him as your savior, if you don't know the love of God, I encourage you this morning. To say yes to him. To say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Change my life. Repent of your sins before God. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. And he'll do that this morning. And you'll enjoy fellowship, rich and deep fellowship with God all the days of your life. The Bible said that God loved us so much that he drew us from afar with cords of affection. God is drawing your heart to him this morning. He's drawing you to faith in him, to confidence in him, and to hope in him. Jesus came and he stood in their midst. And here's the third implication of this text. That Jesus stood in their midst implies that he was alive. El hecho de que Cristo vino y se paró entre ellos es el hecho de que él está vivo. Listen, friends, this morning, we are not worshiping a dead God. We are not preaching a dead Jesus. Esta mañana no predicamos a un Dios muerto y a un Cristo muerto. This morning, we preach a risen Savior. Esta mañana predicamos a un Cristo resucitado de entre los muertos. We preach a God who is able to come and deliver your soul from death itself. Predicamos a un Dios el cual puede liberar tu vida de la muerte misma. Listen, friends, the fact that Jesus is alive is the greatest fact of human history. That a man who was dead rose from the dead, fulfilling his own words. For he said, if you destroy this temple, referring to his body, after three days, I will raise it up again. Listen, friends, the prophecy given by Jesus was fulfilled in his resurrection. If he had stayed in the grave, if he had not risen from that grave, you and I would have no reason to be here this morning. We'd have no reason to read the Bible or to put any hope and trust in Jesus. The apostle Paul used these words, he said, if Christ did not rise from the dead, then we are of all men most miserable. Dijo Pablo, si Cristo no ha resucitado entre los muertos, entonces somos entre todos los hombres los más miserables. Miserable because our hope is in a dead God. 
Miserable porque nuestra esperanza estaría en un Dios muerto. But friends, Christ stood in their midst. Cristo se paró entre ellos. Because he was alive. Se paró entre ellos estando vivo. Había, habiendo cumplido su profecía. Having fulfilled the prophecy and his own word. And this morning I come to preach to you a Jesus who has conquered the grave. Le predico esta mañana un Cristo que ha vencido la muerte y ha vencido la tumba. The grave has lost its power. The tomb could not hold him. La, la muerte no lo pudo detener. La tumba no lo pudo detener. Él vive. He lives. He lives. I said he lives. He lives to the glory of God the Father. He lives to the proclamation of hope to all men. He lives that you might have hope this morning. El vive para que tú tengas esperanza. And because he lives, you will also live. Porque él vive, tú también vivirás. The day is coming when the words of Jesus will be fulfilled. And all who are in the tombs will hear his voice. Vendrá el día cuando las palabras de Cristo serán cumplidas. Y todo el que está en la tumba escuchará su voz. The dead in Christ will rise. Los muertos en Cristo resucitan, resucitarán. Y esta esperanza la tenemos para siempre. You and I have this hope today. The greatest enemy of man is death. But Christ has conquered death. Therefore, our greatest enemy has already been destroyed. El enemigo más grande del hombre, la muerte. Pero Cristo ya venció la muerte. Nuestro más grande enemigo ya está derrotado. Come on, somebody give glory and praise to the risen Christ. Dele gloria al Cristo resucitado. He stood in their midst. With a message. Se paró entre ellos con un mensaje. What was his message? He said, peace be unto you. ¿Cuál era su mensaje? Él dijo, paz a vosotros. Today the risen Christ speaks to your heart. He says, peace be unto you. Don't fear. Don't panic. Trust. No entres al pánico, no entres al temor. Confía en Dios. Confía en Cristo, el cual venció la muerte. He said, fear not. Peace be unto you. When you come to Christ, and when Christ comes into your life, he'll give you peace with God. He'll give you peace with yourself. And he'll give you peace with man. Cuando usted viene a Dios, mediante a Cristo, usted puede tener paz con Dios. Paz con usted mismo. Y paz con los hombres. Esta es la paz de Dios para tu vida hoy. This is God's peace for you today. Will you receive it by faith? 
Right where you are, will you bow your head? And just ask him to come fill your life with his presence and with his peace. Ask him to come into your heart, friend. Ask him to come and fill your life. Just say, Lord Jesus, I've sinned against God. I deserve judgment. But this morning I fall upon your mercy. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I ask you to bring me into your family this morning. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Give me your peace. If you'll receive him as Lord, he'll come immediately. And the beginning of your life will be today. For every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, just as you pray this morning, his presence is filling your life. His presence is filling that car. It's filling that living room. It's filling that kitchen. His presence is filling every space where your faith is raised up toward God. And his presence, his presence heals. His presence delivers. His presence changes. Would you just lift your hands right there where you are and receive the presence of God? Levante sus manos ahí donde está y reciba la presencia de Dios.